Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom and this week's guest was comedian and writer Maddie Campion. We started the show with a bit of a deconstruction of TikTok, that's the polite way of putting it anyway, and we also looked at Maddie's top tips for a Twitter detox. We covered a lot of ground, including the Euros. England had just beaten the Ukraine in the quarterfinal the day before. There was also the Michael Gove-Sarah Vine split that had happened and the Gulf of Mexico fire. Another catastrophe, although perhaps not quite on the same scale, was the closing down of the Gap stores. And I have to say, I was particularly upset about that. We hope you enjoy the show. Please do follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Just to quickly note, there is a bit of a sound feedback issue very briefly. It's where I'm trying to fix the feed to Facebook. I hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment. Thanks again. Hello and welcome. It's Sunday night. It's eight o'clock and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Thankfully, I don't have to do that lofty task alone. And joining me tonight to trawl through Twitter is comedian Maddie Campion. But before I introduce Maddie, just a bit of the usual housekeeping. If you're watching now live, then you'll be watching us on either YouTube, Facebook Live or Twitch. Um, obviously, um, the stream is available to watch after the show on YouTube and on Facebook Live. Please do watch it on YouTube because I think the quality is better. And also, I'd really like it if people subscribe to the page. It'd be fantastic. Um, in terms of subscribing to anything else, the crucial thing, I mean, we're across all social media, but the crucial thing is the Twitter account, of course, which is at LKTZoom, which is splashed around the screen. It's on my little sign off there. You can see the Twitter feed right next to me. And we've also got a lovely ticker that is whirling across the screen with our Twitter handle and Maddie's and various other info. So I think that's enough housekeeping for now. Um, I will now introduce our fantastic guest. Uh, Maddie Campion, who's a stand-up comedian, writer and performer. Her credits include appearances on Comedy Central, ABC Canada, BBC Radio 4 Extra and BBC Radio for the Leicester Comedy Festival. Maddie was a regional finalist in the Funny Women Awards in 2018, a semi-finalist for the Leicester Square New Comedian of the Year Award in 2019 and a finalist at North Two North Downs 2020 competition. Fantastic batting average there. <laughs> among, among her full-length live shows was a 2018 multimedia sketch show, 20 Uses for a Love Doll. Not quite what you're expecting. We will be asking about that in a moment. Uh, that was developed by Soho Theatre and SYC Edinburgh Lab, and it got five stars in Funny Women, who described Maddie as a very inventive and dry writer. Um, Maddie hopes to be in, hosting a comedy night again when the pandemic finally ends, which is actually something I hope that I'll be doing as well. So let's, let's hope that that kind of moves along for both of us. Uh, you can catch Maddie's podcast, The Jacqueline Wilson Fan Club, where guests revisit celebrated children's and young adult books and have a good old nostalgic chat. So without too much further ado, and by the power invested in Zoom and OBS, please welcome Maddie Campion. Hello! 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 How's it going? <laughs> yeah, pretty good, really. Um, I mean, the world seems like a strange place um, in terms of football uh, I, I should have actually mentioned that well I mentioned that at the end of the show because we won't be having a show next week funnily enough because it's the finals but I don't want to sort of prejudice who prejudice who will be in them so it's kind of yes I'm excited because of that because it's I've had a whole month of 
football intravenously injected in me. Um, and I keep seeing smatterings of summer. So I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I uh, I am starting. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm so, like I'm going out. I'm socialising. I'm gigging again. And What's that like? I'm like, well, it's really exhausting. <laughs> it's really like, I don't know how I had the energy to do it. Like, I can't believe I left the house um, in the morning, would work in an office and then go to a gig and then come home and do that sort of at least, well, I'd go to work every day of the week and I'd gig um, every day of the week if I could but yeah how did I ever have that kind of energy I don't know like I don't it's know it's gonna but... take a bit of getting back into the swing I would imagine yeah I, I don't I I might might just sort of work well you know I might just spend a lot more time focusing on staying indoors even after there's no risk of pandemic because I'm too tired to do too much now I'm you know what it's it's not as fun as I remember it outside, you know, not quite as exciting. I, I wondered how soon it would be that people would actually think, well, out normal, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did, well, you yeah. had a gig on Thursday, so it's actually not that long ago since you've had a gig. Um, it was at Leicester Square um, Theatre, I think, wasn't it? It was, no, this was at the Museum of Comedy, was, well, um, yeah, which is linked to, yeah, yeah, part yeah. of the, yeah. Um, so it's the most... It's, the most nice. intellectual, most intellectual uh, comedy venue uh, there is. Um, uh, if you, if you, it's in a crypt. It. Well, yeah, it's in a crypt, and yeah, and surrounded by artifacts. What more can you want? Um, yeah, it was it was interesting because it's cabaret seating, and I would say that cabaret seating doesn't lend itself well to comedy oh. because I think the more packed an audience is together, the more likely well they behave it's that packed mentality that you you know people uh have less distractions they're more involved they're more engaging but that would go against all the scientific advice right now and I think if any audience member were packed with a bunch of strangers uh they would it be right to sort of say I don't want to sit like this so it was interesting performing in a in in front of and everyone's still in masks aren't they uh I don't think I think it's sort of I don't know what no one knows what the rules are do they let's be honest like like they could I, I see people like I saw like 60 kids uh last Saturday walking down the street in a group and I was yeah. like is this legal is this not I don't know what but, about um, what, what about actually in um the museum of comedy though in the audience are they not all masked up? no they weren't oh, all masked up at this okay. one but I think it's like in a pub that you don't have in a restaurant you don't have to sit and wear a mask when you're sat down I just hope that anyone who has symptoms would have not come to my show. Um, so fingers crossed. <laughs> so that's um, that. Clearly yeah. on the tickets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm really grateful for everyone who came to watch me. But um, if it turns out that you knowingly had COVID, I would have, yeah. I'd, yeah, I think we'll be all right, though. I think everyone looks very healthy. Just, um, I mean, bit Seeds Corner, not everybody obviously may know the Museum of Comedy, but you should go. It's a lovely venue. Yeah. I'm intrigued by the cabaret seating. Was that actually in the main, they'd actually turn the main room into cabaret yeah. seating? Right, yeah. Okay. So there were uh, little chairs around, tables, and then the, the back, they had two back rows. So they had two front rows of cabaret tables and then two back rows uh, where people were either sat in pairs or alone. 
so yeah, it was it was very it felt very bougie. I felt like I was in you know nineteen twenties Berlin. Uh, I mean, I have not. That's based on one film. Oh, that's, that's a plenty. Yeah, yeah, that's plenty. Like, yeah, that's right. I've only got one reference for what, <laughs> and it is called Cabaret. So yeah, yeah, but, um, it's the best reference to have. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I yeah, it was fun. And um, also, what's great about as a performer about the Museum of Comedy uh, is one, it's got air conditioning, mm. um, and two, it um, there's no mobile phone reception and that means that no one is gonna ever be distracted by their phone during your performance which it is perfect yeah and it keeps that 1930s berlin authenticity yeah. right up there as yeah. well and i to be honest, to be honest and this is very selfish i'm i'm big on the rules uh when it comes to covid i you know i don't want anyone ever taking risks but i have performed to one audience where people are actually sat a lot closer they weren't really as distant as they were at the uh because I think the Museum of Comedy, everyone was quite distanced apart. But um, I went to, I performed at one gig. I won't name it, um, but I, I, they said that the police regularly uh, visited it. And people were sat much closer together, but they were all in masks. And it meant that if, pe- if, if you couldn't really hear, hear their laughter and you weren't sure if you didn't hear much laughter, whether the joke didn't land or if they were just sort of smiling politely, you just had no no way to actually make sense of what's happening, so it felt a bit. Felt, That's felt, weird. That is slightly weird. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is weird. And they weren't just going. They weren't just checking it out because it just particularly appealed to cop humour. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I think um, I would have preferred the risk there um, because it did feel. It did feel very like I was. Yeah, it, it felt like I was almost putting a play on for a group of parents when right. when they're all in masks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. Well, what about the sort of arc of your pandemic, if you like? So you're now at this sort of, you know, we're now at this, this sort of tail end of it where obviously since the 17th of May, there's been performances, albeit under slightly strange, slightly Weimar yeah. Republic sort of uh, free songs, yeah. maybe. Uh, but what, what about creatively over the sort of last however many months it is since March 2020, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually initially really rejected doing Zoom gigs. Mm. I did a couple of game shows, but I was like, no, I'm, I don't want to... What, what's the point in doing a Zoom gig? If you smash a Zoom gig, like you're basically just doing really well on a conference call, but skills won't translate. And then I started doing... Like, I started doing Zoom gigs, and I was like, actually, these are really fun, and it's making me engage with performance in a different way. And at that point, like the pandemic was over. So I was like, I shouldn't be so stubborn. Uh, But I've spent a lot of time writing. I've actually, I finished writing a screenplay that I started before the pandemic. And I also wrote a treatment and uh, sort of pilot episode of a comedy thriller. Uh, And yeah, so I feel like I've done a lot creatively um who knows that's pretty good yeah boxes yeah I think uh it's it's less something it's something that I can't really brag on social media about quite being unless they get picked up I mean I've submitted uh the film screenplay into a few writing competitions uh but it might be you know it might be it might be something that I will look back on and be like this was the ramblings of someone who was in a pandemic mental dip um someone's 
someone should not have let me near a laptop. But I, I yeah, I, at one point I thought it was like genius. And then other points I'm like, mm, no, this is, this is, this is, these are just words. But um, yeah, I felt very, at least I achieved something by writing, but it's, it would be better if I, I look at all my friends that focused on, creating online content like sketches and videos and and mm, yeah. instagram content and like and at first i was like oh yeah this is cool and now i'm like oh sheesh i really should have but, but i don't have a niche and you do have to have a usp with those sort of things like because you do see people i mean i saw myself just creating stupid videos just for my own entertainment more than anything else but i look back at them and i'm like that's I mean, it's all consuming. I, to be honest, I think there are a lot of people who feel that way, even if they're not normally performers. I think they saw that opportunity open up and I just, and yeah. just thought, God, I really wouldn't mind a, a slice of that, really. And yeah. I think it's inspired, I think it will, it will have inspired a whole new sort of generation of, of people that will, do, you know, will be turning, churning that out yeah. uh, on a fairly semi-regular basis, really. Yeah. Did you relent on the Zoom gigs at all in the end? Yeah, yeah. And I had yeah. fun with them. I did have fun with them. I didn't relent on TikTok, though. That is one thing. Yes. I downloaded it. <laughs> I downloaded the it. Right and I, yeah, I just thought um, it's like I, there's just too many. There's just too, too many. Like, but, well, the thing is that the main audience is what, 13 to 16 years old. And I don't want to. Oh, no, is that the actual figures? It's, yeah, it's like really, it's really young, young people. And I like, They've got no attention span. Like, why should we respect them and Grace put any effort into delivering stuff for them? I don't know. But um, you did choose a tweet with a bit of a TikTok thing on there, didn't you? I did. Yes, yeah. I know. That's yeah. There's a little. There's a little. Uh, there is the moral yeah, story a, or something. Yeah, there. there is yeah. a yeah. There is a back. I mean, that's the thing. I think there are. There's probably some great stuff on TikTok, but that great stuff ends up on Twitter. So. We, we did have a discussion, uh, so when we were doing the show, so back when, um, uh, it's, it's usually a two-on-two two two show, so it's myself and Sajila Kershaw, Sajila's uh, away at the moment, but, um, uh, and Alex Keeley and Anna Morris did it one week, and we talked about TikTok, TikTok came up, I can't remember, and I was actually surprised by sort of the antipathy, I mean Alex is in his 20s and he, he was not a TikTok fan, and I, I wasn't aware that even the demographic was was lower than that but I've only opened it a couple of times and yeah. I said on that show it's a bit like the episode of Buffy when everyone loses their voice and she smashes the box at the end and all these voices just come out and it's like that yeah. is TikTok yeah um or even worse musical episode well it's a great episode but it, you wouldn't want to be a part of it would you uh the musical episode of Buffy where everyone's like yeah this is great and like you suddenly realize that they've been controlled by a demon force yes that is another trying to marry trying to marry a teenager but um and i mean that is probably what tiktok also it's the fact that it's so like anyone that criticizes the chinese government has their videos removed seems like a big red flag for me and it's like what what data are they harvesting through tiktok like we it was going to be um was it was actually going to be taken over by a chinese company at one point or is or has it been i can never remember where it is a way it is, it is a Chinese company, I know, very, yeah. but I know that um, any time that there's been someone that's sort of like discussing the like yeah. the Myanmar uh, sort of situation, yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of like all the human rights atrocities, 
not to bring the vibe down, but uh, <laughs> a lot of those videos have been uh, lifted and also ones of sort of um, uh, a lot of other stuff that is wrapped like um, the censorship on there is very intriguing uh, and yeah, right. I think um, I just think as well, it's um, there's a I lot just, of people. Yeah, I feel I like I'm lot- not missing out, which is you're really helping me here. Yeah, you're really I, doing I, me a favor. Well, it's also I see a lot of people sharing videos from TikTok that are like it's sort of like these sort of like it's almost like new age repackaged millennial. It's not millennial. It's like Gen Z um, new age philosophies. And I'm like, this isn't I don't think this is, you know, when it's, someone's like, hey, just because like you've made plans with a friend, they're always American or they maybe they're not. They always talk like, hey, just because you've made plans with a friend has been in the diary for ages. If you feel really bad about yourself, you can cancel on them. And I'm like, hang on. What about that friend? Like it's all these sort of like weird affirmation. Well, not necessarily weird affirmations, but selfish affirmations, these sort of things that is like all about sort of like. Sort of a lot of this sort of like. It's almost like mental health wellness kind of thing, but not necessarily from a professional, very egocentric and very kind of like um, so navel gazing and thing. And I'm like, actually, you you do have to behave like the, the, the most selfish way you can often behave is putting yourself first. Like the least selfish thing you can do is being a collective. And, um, and a lot of times they'll be like, so, um, you know, that I see people video and they'll be like, they'll be, they'll often be sort of things that like have, have whispers of truth, but no real evidence backing it up. And it will be sort of misinformation about uh, history and things like that. And, oh, what you don't know about this. And I'm like, but do we know, like everything that you're saying, like it is just a misinformation overload or. It's um, a lot of attitude, yeah. sort of attitude over, over facts quite often. Yeah. But the other the other stuff sounds very much like some kind of very selfish after school special or something yeah. like that. Yeah, just God, full that's of terrific. Yeah, just full of teenagers that I think can use very well put to can use language, the English language better than I can, basically, and make very good points. Well, make very articulated points that aren't necessarily good points, but they put them across in such a um of such a way that people are like, oh wow, like yeah, that's um but it's going, exactly. whole, it's going to be a whole generation of people who literally can just have a point of view and something interesting to say for 60 seconds and they're like i'm out yeah. for the, i'm out yeah. for the rest of the day that's it yeah. now that's yeah. me done yeah yeah exactly that oh <laughs> uh, sometimes it's not so bad to be old uh well this this leads perfectly onto your life on social media so we've obviously we ticked yeah. off tiktok yeah no tiktok for me what's what's the vibe for you when it comes to um you know, Facebook and, and Twitter, obviously. I mean, Twitter's the focus of the show, but we have lots of guests that, that yeah. aren't necessarily Twitter fans. Um, what's you your what? sort of bag, as it were? So I used to be Twitter's biggest... I used to love, love, love Twitter because I thought, uh, you know, people would be like, oh, it makes me feel really bad about themselves. And I'd be like, no, you're just following the wrong people. Like, as, And then I realised this year that it's like I was is so addictive and it's sort of it's designed in a way that you can never stop scrolling um and it's also like every time something happens I'm like oh what is my take on this I need to have it and it's like no you don't have to always have a take like sometimes 
there is something and there is no right or wrong or there's and like you see people reacting I'm like oh and this and basically this in and I I used to think it was great because like you know there's always that kind of like tweet where it'd be like I joined Twitter to follow One Direction and now I'm a communist like that that kind of aspect which I thought oh that's hilarious um and you know I was like, oh, it's all fine when. Well, there's only one direction in communism, to be fair, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it's it's that sort of thing um, where I was like, oh, when it's all fine when it's like, it's all fine when it's people that have like been poor. I mean, I'm I'm not a communist, but like often there'll be people that, you know, have become more liberal or might, you know, have political views that have sort of become more in line with my thinking for using Twitter. But then I'm like, actually, there's also going to be people. That are that are being sort of uh, inducted into political thought that perhaps is terrible and ends up and they end up marching uh, or storming the capital uh, and you know and or doing like white lives matter protests and sort of thing or you know uh, and I think that Twitter is just as bad as radicalizing people as sort of like anything else and this is this is getting really deep now but I think um it made me realize just how and it's so designed to be sort of like the you know you get that dopamine hit and you can't ever and so basically I went cold turkey in January I took a very my mental Ah. I I, I call it a mental dip I totally mental dip and I know that it was a mental dip because I was this close to buying a robot dog like I was like I was going that is the sign that is that is that is that's a bar, you know. Like when you're close, but and it wasn't. It well, I'll be clear. It wasn't like a a ninety style robot dog. It's like a fluffy one that could like they give Alzheimer's patients um, for affection. I was like, yeah, this is. And the only thing that stopped me buying it was the fact that it didn't walk because I I like the idea of it following me around the flat um, and getting constant attention from it. What did uh, it do? Just it just it trace. just would like breathe. It just breathed on your lap and like would like look up at you um but yeah I and it was 150 pounds I was like I didn't have 150 pounds really but I was willing to <laughs> eat bread for a week um no more than it'd be like a whole month uh but no I came to my senses and actually no do you know what I I deleted Twitter and then I did replace my Twitter like okay I went cold turkey yeah. and I like the immediate effects. so the week after I was like really kind of like oh my god I need like I it it was like going cold turkey like I was like I need that dopamine hit from stuff and then like oh I want to know what's going on I want like just you know seeing funny stuff then the week after that it was like I was Bradley Cooper in Limitless like I had suddenly had the attention span to read a book for the first time in like 10 years I was like wow I, I could probably I could probably cure cancer right now like I was I was like I was like wow I'm so I'm like intellectually capable of anything and then I hadn't really pulled out of my mental dip and I had had been watching also this is what I recommend if you are wanting a social media break or you want to what I really recommend is getting into Korean Netflix series because okay. you have to read the subtitles so you can't look at your phone while okay, you're watching yeah. it. So any anything subtitled to be fair. But well no, because Korean, oh, okay. this is the thing. Yeah, Korean yeah, right. TV series, they only once they only ever have one series, but they're so addictive. And so I basically replaced my Twitter addiction with a Korean drama addiction. Um and the thing is as well with Korean dramas is then they're just they'll often be hyper violent, 
but but so Twitter, sort of, yeah. yeah yeah but also not in like a sort of like tense way like not in like a you know like a gritty british drama way so you're what and it, the, 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 like the one that i got really really into was called vincenzo and it was okay. about it was brilliant yeah. it's about an italian korean or a korean that was adopted by an italian couple and became a consiglier for the mafia and then he, he his mob boss gets killed so he has to come back to korea and it's a it's a it's a comedy. It's a really surreal comedy. And like, but there'll be one there will be one bit where like someone's thrown out of a building, and then the next scene, um, there'll be like uh, a sort of whole wordplay ridiculous bit about, or like a a, a guy that's pretending to be. It's, it's just a really ridiculous <laughs> Twitter um, methadone, essentially. Though is what you're hmm? saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And then after that, I was like. I felt I was like watching all this Korean drama and I was like I feel like I need like I keep hearing about BTS who are they and then I YouTube BTS and and first I was like oh yeah these boys are talented then I was like these are the most talented boys I've ever seen and then by like the third minute of watching them I was like I would die for these boys and I basically replaced my Twitter obsession with BTS and I got I'm not into them as much anymore but I did get undangerously obsessed with BTS. Wow. I mean, look, they turned up on the Friends reunion special, so um, you know, I'm I'm all for them. Yeah, as as I mean, that's yeah, and I mean, good in my book now. Watch, watch their, watch their videos, and you'll be like, wow, the wow. these are seven angels that have been sent down. I'm going to have to change the show. You know, I'll end up having to change the show from a Twitter show to a sort of BTS or Korean yeah, drama it, show. Yeah, let's 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 worship BTS. That sounds so. That's, um, okay, yeah. that's interesting uh, and highly clippable. Uh, little bit of advice about Twitter there. That's very yeah. good. Um, so, yeah. So you've you you but you've stood back. I mean, actually, one of the things you said there. I mean, we'll get into the tweets in just a sec. But one of the things you said was about um, people's views being confirmed and 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 always having to have a take. That was it. Always having mm. to have a take on something. And I totally understand the urge to do that but it gets to the point I think where you sort of get beaten relentlessly by so many news stories and yeah. so many and that's um, not you know that you just think you know what I might actually I might stand aside from having a take on this yeah I and I think as well that's not a healthy way to engage news do you think like the fact is is like, like I'll be what you'll be scrolling on Twitter and there'll be someone being like I just ate so many hamburgers that the hamburger <laughs> Um, has given me his cape or something like something silly yeah, okay. uh, like that and then the yeah. next one would be like 15 people killed with a train colliding in a school or something like that and yeah. you're like and then you'll go the next one will be like uh, a TikTok clip of someone dancing you're like I don't think this is how we're supposed to engage with information around the world that like you suddenly go through something that's so fucking bleak and, and horrific and then the next one will be like hey here's me and my grandma baking cookies and yeah I think I think Twitter, there should even be like happy Twitter and evil Twitter, where it's like whether you want to like which one you well, flip between two. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's really so. I mean years I, I know before social media. I don't think anyone says this now. Maybe they do, but they always say something like you know when somebody in the world is dying, someone's being born. When somebody's having a a birthday, somebody's you know attending a funeral and all the rest of it. So the gist of it was there are totally diametrically opposed things happening all the time in the world the trouble is twitter is that it is just a live feed of all of those things and much yeah. as i hate to sort of 
always continually borrow from Buffy. There is a scene with Eva Willow uh, in one of the, the shows where she's sort of bent double and she's sort of saying, oh, you know, I just feel the pain of the world coursing through me. And it's like, yeah, that's Twitter. That yeah, is, yeah, that, that is Twitter. That's a Twitter moment. Yeah, imagine, oh. if, imagine if Dark what Dark Willow had had Twitter. She might have just... Um, she might have just destroyed all social media rather than tried to destroy the world, you know. Well, she was my Twitter. She was my Twitter uh, pi- uh, picture at, the, at one point, actually. But <laughs> that, that does make me think that you should have bought that dog and actually set up a Twitter account for the dog. Yeah. Then, then you could have sold two things in one. I don't yeah. Know. Just yeah. an idea. I think right. people might people might have people might have been like, I might have got messages from my parents being like, Maddie, people have reached out to us saying. You've set up a Twitter account for a robot dog. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, totally anonymous troll. This, you could have had a... Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. Well, anyway, um, that is... that is. I love the sort of conversations beforehand because they act as a sort of massive sort of health warning. But the tweets that we've chosen are... Uh, they're pretty benign. Well, I'm not benign. They're yeah. Great, but they're they're my favourite kind of tweets. Benign. So let's... Oh, now, where do we start? I mean, I feel like... Um, uh actually you know i'll do the football ones last otherwise we're just never going to get through these now i feel that i'm not being cruel but i'm going to start with the tiktok one. <laughs> i know I, well it's just such a fun little video and also i really i also like that um it's relatable that someone says that like because ha- there is so many there are so many videos about with italian italians getting really annoyed at someone cooking food like you know like a video of a italian eating like being served pizza that has like broccoli on it or something and um and uh they're always funny and then this one i mean it's just the heart and emotion and it's it's proof that there is a good tiktok content out there but it's it's also proof that you'll see it on twitter rather than having to download tiktok so, so the, the original tweet is from, well, not the original, but the, the, sub, um, the quote tweet uh, from Clinically Lux, Italian people getting upset about people bastardising Italian food is literally my favourite content on the internet. And she's quote tweeted, uh, quote tweeted Nora Dean, who's, uh, I actually don't know how, how, how bearded genius pronounces uh, that name, which is so, given that his number of Twitter followers, it's terribly ignorant of me and I apologise. But let's, let's watch the clip. Um, and this obviously come. This is a TikTok clip, is it? Is it not? Understand me? No, you can't come to the bus. Is this enough for both of us? Is this enough for both of us? Nah, a little bit more. Okay, I'm going. Get cut. Sara, but you say bad, Sara. What? Sara, you. What? We don't. I have to eat this shit pasta so short. What do you mean? I just. This is not spaghetti, my love. Come on. It doesn't fit in the pan. Why don't you understand me? No, you can't cut to the pasta so. But it was just. It just didn't fit in the pan. I don't go in the pen, my love. You cut the pasta. You know that is illegal in Italy. Is this enough for both of us? So I'm going to ask you about. So where's where's the cat? How's how? Who's filming that? And is it? I mean, is it? Have they basically decided? Look, we've had this argument before. Let's let's do it. Let's replay it quite well acted and do it for TikTok. I think it's. I think he's being so genuine because okay. the way he storms over, I think he would have to be a very, very good actor. Um, and also, you can see his sort of like the his initial reaction. Like, oh, um, and so I think she knows it's an easy way of getting a rise. I think she's put her phone there, recorded it, and think this is how I'm going to get a rise out of my partner. Let's see how it goes. I mean, she's lucky that he definitely loves her in that he's like 
he keeps being like, my love, my love, what are you doing? Um, Although there is that yeah. line, go in the pan, my love. And I was thinking, is this Silence of the Lambs territory? I don't yeah. know what's going on. But also, I'm always, I'm always snapping spaghetti. There's, there's any time. Well, even when uh, you're not cooking it, is it just a thing? Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. just throw it and just throw it at people. Like um, but it's, uh, it is like, I don't trust that it'll all cook, you know, if I, if I don't. So now I can I, see that. I can see the total fairness of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now I see his reaction. It's going to make me feel twice. It's going to make you think you know, twice. It's gonna, it, yeah. yeah think, tw- think twice about snapping pasta. Also, I like that he calls it pasta and not noodles because it really bugs me when I don't know if you've ever eaten in America. And uh, they're yes, like, but not, if you, but not pasta, I don't think. I don't know. If they say, if someone says, oh, would you like some chicken noodle soup? You'll think that noodles are like, like ramen noodles. But it's just spaghetti. It's spaghetti, and you're like, no, that is not what a noodle is. Mm -mm. I don't think I've had spaghetti as a pasta for for quite a while, actually. It's sort of more like, you know, stuffed tortellini and God knows what else. Well, there's this 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 person here is making a great case to put it all in the pan, you know. I mean, I wonder what it does if you cut it in half as opposed to if there's half a half the amount of water in it, it shouldn't really matter, should it? It's got a tiny amount of water of water uh well uh, yeah i need to look if there's anyone watching that knows what that what actually happens let's just check we've not had any uh comments in uh then lo- let us know because uh you know i'm intrigued to know what the big the big <laughs> deal is there um so actually your first well it's ended up being the first tweet at the top very interesting because it goes back to what you were saying about the mixed messaging um of what it's like to be performing in the semi-normal world yeah that's that's my entire feeling like I really want to go out and enjoy the world but um I'm kind of like oh this delta variant um yeah everyone (laughs) doesn't look good for us but um but at the same time if people invite me out I'll I'll very find it very hard not to where are you on your on your vaccine journey? Because I mean, they're opening up football stadiums now. And God knows yeah, I, I know. And I live really close to Arsenal Stadium, but I had to go all the way to Angel. Um, all the way I, to Angel. All the way to Angel, I know. Can you believe it? Um, but no, I, uh, <laughs> I have had my first dose. Uh, I got Moderna. Oh, right. Um, okay. Yeah. And from what I understand, I should now be about 80%. Really? Just the uh, first one? That's impressive. Yeah, and then I think the second dose gives you 90%. So it's only extra 10%. Ah, okay. So, well, just, yeah. Just for the listeners, because obviously we'll do we'll do this as podcasts as well. So it's a Katie Kelleher's tweet. She's just put summer 2021, and she's quote tweeted, Emo- uh, emoji mashup bot uh, with a partying uh, emoji plus the worried face to, to do a nice kind of uh, mix-up. Mix up face, passing, but feeling slightly looking over your shoulder, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's, it's, do you know what protection you get with the Delta variant then? Uh, from the I, Moderna. I think it looks like all the science in this country has only been exploring the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca. And yeah. I think it seems like there's been so many people that have been getting the Delta, the the coronavirus with the Delta variant, mm. despite having one or two vaccines, um, that the coverage isn't great. But it seems like people have been getting it, but they're not being hospitalised with it. That's what I understand. So yeah, it's like, it's not as bad, but I'm still like, I don't want it, you know? We, 
Also, this no, is no. again. Yeah. If you want to, if you want me to really bring the vibe down, like <laughs> they they've already found that people that have contracted coronavirus are more likely to have strokes, and I, I yeah, that's right. I don't okay. Yeah. Right. So I don't. I want to avoid it at all costs, basically. Okay. Um, yeah. But not, but but not enough, not enough to stop having fun with people, you know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just sort of sitting here thinking I had AstraZeneca and I just, we just made to feel like AstraZeneca was like, oh, well, we've bought it now, so we might as well use it. It's yeah. like brilliant. It's, it's like, like whoever, <laughs> whoever's doing the PR on AstraZeneca, they are doing the best job because like at no point it's like they've managed to like, there's been a bit of news that is negative press for AstraZeneca, but people are still like, yeah, I'm going to get go get the AstraZeneca. Like yeah. they've, they've managed to do a good spin on it. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I have now had both doses, uh, you know, and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to have got it all done, really. Yeah. It's just nice to get. It's just it's just something about Moderna just says, hey, you can just indicate that you're younger and there's just something shiny. There's just something shiny and happy about Moderna. Well, it is, it is the, the Dolly Parton vaccine. Ah, yeah. It's yeah. the one she funded. Yeah. So. Oh, it's even yeah, got. It's even right. got. Glastonbury hero kudos yeah. oh, never mind never mind moving yeah. <laughs> moving on um oh I like this one this is great we're really on the social media mores today yeah um I, I, do you want to read this one out um, and uh yeah. and then go into it this is a uh, smile exclamation mark your post is somebody's cringe artifact to share with the shit talking group text which is very catty and depressing but it probably is true that like like I know that that there are you know like there are people whose posts everyone screenshots and sends and be like oh gosh have you seen this and um and you know there's probably been tweets and posts that I've done that people have been like shared with someone else but um does that not make you feel quite sort of um I don't know. Is there something kind of good? What's that Oscar Wilde quote? The worst thing about not being about being taught. The worst thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying. The worst it's thing the worst. is is worse being not t- talked about than being talked about. Yes. That's, yeah. Thank something you. like Essentially that. Essentially, the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Um, I mean, sometimes it depends what you're posting. Like, if it's because you know, like, uh, I remember someone. You know, like, right? For example, the Kevin Kevin Smith, the guy that. The filmmaker behind um, more acts and everything. Oh yeah, Kevin, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and uh, he he had that tweet that sort of said that like basically it's just like about how much he loves having sex with his wife, but it was quite like graphic, and um and like it was a sort of thing that like I bet everyone in Hollywood who sort of knew him or even sort of just vaguely knew him. Yeah. I bet everyone had screenshot that and sent that round a lot of group texts. Like that, it's, that's the sort of thing that I think if you're tweeting something, but you know what, he owned it and he retweets it, but- uh, Are there any yeah. aubergine emojis involved? Or, or I think not? it, no, I think there was descriptive, descriptive things about her vagina um, oh. and his, yeah. I can't remember it, but I just remember when I read it, I was like, oh my God, like, and his daughter is, like his daughter has been in a couple of his films and so she must be on social media and she must follow him and you just think oh babe like my dad's done some embarrassing things but at least he's never tweeted 
<laughs> but I mean, yeah. she must be. Yeah, I think um, it must be sort of a different, uh, you know, kind of parent sort of offspring vibe in a very active social media house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they must also like, I think they're probably like, oh, we're not like other parents. We're cool parents, like probably. But um, yeah, I think anytime I see someone tweet about or well, sometimes like I've got friends that might like I know people who aren't in comedy and stuff that will re- reply to like porn stars and uh, glamour models on Twitter with like, oh, you're looking great today, babe. And it's kind of like, oh man, if that was a comedian that, I mean, there might be, you know, if that was someone. That right, had, so, yeah, yeah, someone with a following, they'd probably get quite a lot of traction from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've noticed yeah. that when us lesser mortals try things that are on a similar sort of, uh, a similar vein it's just like you know you sit there warming your hands on your one retweet <laughs> but, yeah yeah <laughs> totally yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I kind of like this tweet because it just sort of feel like um you know the idea that it's I quite like the idea of, of being some sort of strewn around somebody's whatsapp group for for like a crazy a crazy tweet in some ways but it's sort of interesting that like, if the tweet is viral enough then obviously most people are going to see it on twitter but there will be people who's uh, who probably will get it from from uh, sort of WhatsApp first? Um, yeah, and I think if it's a if it's a tweet that doesn't really if, if it's a tweet that only gets like two likes, and yeah, uh, but and, it's still really embarrassing. And it's re- yeah. yeah, it's really embarrassing. But I mean, I, I I think I've got. I'd like to think I'm self aware enough not to tweet anything on Kevin Smith's level of wife. Yeah. Um, um, clearly, uh, clear, well, you know, I guess it's good to know that he does. He tweets for himself, and he doesn't have a, a social yeah. media team. Although, from what I've seen of social media teams behind Twitter, I mean, you know, they would probably do it anyway. To be honest, probably <laughs> doing a definition of a good yeah. job. I think. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. So, um, well, speaking of difficult stories, I think that actually that brings us quite nicely onto Alistair Green's tweet uh, about about. Gove and Vine this is it well I'll go in I'll share my sort of thoughts on the story also but if again if you want to just read the tweet and and then go into yeah. it basically been crying my eyes out all night if Michael Gove and Zara Vine can't make it work what chance do the rest of us have broken heart emoji I thought I think that's quite a good it's a good take on it because it's a tricky it's a difficult story I don't um in the sense of you know they're not exactly your mail on Sunday journalists are not everyone's cup of tea or favourites. Obviously, she wrote this incredible article last, sorry, not this Sunday, obviously, but last Sunday about in the wake of the Hancock um, scandal. And basically just, it was clear that something was going on between her and Michael Gove. And yeah. it was just like, it was the kind of, you know, Lady Macbeth. Because I felt like you know. he'd, um, I felt like he, after the Hancock thing, he was... What I felt like he did an interview or something, or he commented to suggest that, like, oh yeah, well, my marriage is fine, like, or something like that. Um, or he, there was something to sort of suggest that he was uh trying to give the impression that his but it's um it makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes, whether they're trying to get ahead of any, you know, uh any newspaper. I mean, I don't think there's any chance any I mean Well, there have been a I couple know, of tweets about about stories to come out about Michael Gove. I mean, from my point of view, from from this account, for example, when the whole Matt Hancock thing 
happened. There was such a kind of, um, you know, obviously there were people in the fallout that should have been totally protected by this. But when it came to Twitter and the response to it and the comedic response to it, it was a, such a kind of um, kind of slightly knockabout bawdy story that yeah. inevitably there was a, you know, and we did a lot of tweets on it from this account. And we've retweeted quite a few other things as well. But I, with, I find with this one, obviously it's divorce. It's, I mean, I, I think this is a nice take on a difficult subject. It's, 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 it's divorce. Yeah. We don't know what's behind it yet. It may be and something, it's just, you know. It's, it's just also the, the ridiculousness of being invested in their relationship is just, to me, it's hilarious. Like, you know, sort of, because um, it is a sort of thing that, you know, like if, um, I remember when like Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce, people were like, what hope do the rest of us have? And, yeah. you know, getting very emotionally involved. I just like the idea of people, <laughs> the idea of someone being that, um, you know. Using them as a, as a marker yeah. for romance, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean I suppose, well, I mean, they have, were married in 2000, I think. So there's 20, like 21 years. So there is actually, yeah. there's almost the kind of, uh, there's obviously a comedic point there, but there's a, there is actually, it's based on, it's based on something as well. It wasn't like they were, you know, they had a long enough marriage for people to be, yeah, to make that joke and it for to resonate even more. I mean, there have been a couple of, uh, I've seen a few sort of uh, tweets on this uh, from the other side of the political spectrum, which I don't think particularly honour the people tweeting them. Really, I mean, it's mm. you know, but that's Twitter for you. But yeah, that's, that's the way it is, you know. But I think this take on it was was you know very skillful and adroit, as they say. Um, so let's now. Where should we go next? Well, actually, we could just do this in 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 order, couldn't we? Because I've been puzzling a bit mm-hmm. over this one. Um, yeah, so I mean, this what's is going a thing. On with Mr. Chow's tweet. <laughs> so I, I, this is a thing that I, I, this tweet made me laugh because I was like, yeah, I thought it was Men in Black, but I was like, what are they actually paying homage to? Because like, is it, is it Pulp Fiction or is it? Like, what is it? What is like? But I remember watching Space Jam and there being like lots of really niche. Also, I, I mean, Space Jam was very much like the, you know, the ultimate 90s movie. Um, now, probably hasn't aged too well in that the soundtrack was by R. Kelly. And um, there's probably other things that there, there were like, but I remember as well. Um, not really understanding the weight of the opening. Have you? Do you remember? I, Space I've, Jam? Got, I've got a. I've piled my hands up and sort of complete, complete ignorance. But I assume that if it's from the nineteen nineties, it's it's definitely been cancelled. I mean, you could just take yeah. it as read. I mean, it's it's a it's. I I remember thinking it was a really. It was it was a film that a movie that like I remember enjoying, but just. But then I remember rewatching it, and I knew about Michael Jordan's. Um dad uh dad's death as when I re-watched it and I did not realize as a British 90s child completely ignorant to the tragedy that had befallen Michael Jordan how devastating the opening of that film is um and I was like wow they they it really is and then it just completely moves on and it's like aliens um so aliens and looney tunes it was yeah, very the ultimate nineties film. Um, I think I might have to watch then, it now. Yeah, but it's like this tweet. It's just like, what were they <laughs> like? Um, 
it's like so for for anyone listening it's like a picture of i don't even know i don't know what who half the looney tunes are to be honest i you know so that's you said i think that's yosemite so the, the, it's mr chow's tweet and says still remember seeing this as a kid and thinking they were riffing on men in black and then the picture is i think it's yosemite sam uh dressed in uh either like um samuel l jackson and um john travolta were in pop fiction or it could or it could be men in black i mean they're suits they're suits essentially yeah and then the character i think it's elma fudd um so it's quite an interesting it's a funny pairing for like a looney tunes sort of juxtaposition and then they've got these yeah. massive revolvers i mean someone said underneath uh yeah same it's supposed to be pop fiction i assume it is yeah and i but isn't the men in black poster don't they have their guns out they also no, don't have guns. Know. They don't have guns that big. No, they they've don't. Got, they, they have the uh, base. Yeah, I, I love. I love. Oh, I'm pens. big fan. Big fan of Men in Black. It is a great yeah. film. Uh, but yeah, it's. But I, I, there's so much stuff that you you watch as a kid, or I watched as a kid, and rather just wonder what what are they referencing. I was just like, well, that's a really intriguing. I mean, you Sam and then we'll go back to the, like the forties or something. Um, I mean, they've been constantly replayed on, uh, you know, obviously on on telly with uh, Bugs Bunny, and they're both Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny characters are sort of the link. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but I think as well, like it's interesting when you watch stuff like the Pink Panther or um, Bugs Bunny or anything when you're a bit older, and you realise that they're and you've got more cultural references, and you watch them, you're like, oh, they that's actually referencing the Vietnam War <laughs> or something like. And you understand it a bit more, but when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, that's a random weird little uh, segue into nothing. And it's just, that's what the nature of a cartoon. It's just all very chaotic. Um, yeah, I can't remember. There was a time in my life, and I can't remember what it was, where I literally just basically said, I'm into box sets now. That's all I do. And I sort of mm-hmm. kind of reneged on film. I think I should have had this discussion with uh, Richard Sandling last week as well and just shocked him about how, but I, I sort of lost my film. Uh, I grew up in the sort of, sort of John Hughes era of uh, teen movies which were just yeah. like everything really just everything and then it's and then it's all been about sort of the box sets in later life but I'm now intrigued I'm officially intrigued so I'll be digging it out um, I mean I, I don't think it will hold up to quite the movie every there's so many 90s the only films that I think movies from my my childhood that I'm like yeah still great uh, Small Soldiers Jumanji um mrs doubtfire and matilda yeah oh, those I've ones got a heavy robin williams element there but... and mara wilson i mean she was the childhood staple and yeah. and kirsten dance as well yeah i think it's uh, here's the men in black part. thank you martin martin one of our avid viewers uh well yeah they're pretty big guns to be fair so yeah um, yeah, yeah but yeah I, i'm definitely stick- i would definitely go with um I'm going to go with, uh, uh, not Men in Black. What, what are we going with? We're going with Pulp Fiction, this aren't we? Yeah, I suppose they probably put it in there for the grown-ups being like, yeah, this is this is a, a cheeky little wink. That's what we like, guys. We like that instant yeah. feedback. Right, so uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. There are about a billion things here. Uh, all the tweets that were in the, in the offing are under our likes tab. Um, but what am I going to do first? There's a lot of the the sea on fire. That is a yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting. Well, let's do. I've got to do. I've got to 
I've got to bang the drum for Gap. It's another. Oh yes, another, yes, um, a big. So I've got. I, I think I tell you, it's not. Doesn't this is not a good look for me? But in a year or a year and a half of things which have been so relentlessly miserable, and actually I think things have been pretty terrible on the planet since about 2015. I think, but this year has obviously been a pandemic year, really, really difficult year. I think the thing that really broke me was finding out that Gap were going to close all of their stores. And yes, yeah. I know they're going online, but I don't get this online thing. I mean, I know ASOS have been doing it for ages, but ASOS sounds like a government department mm -hmm. selling you clothes. It's just wrong. It just doesn't make any sense. So I, what night did this break? I can't remember. It's like Thursday night, Wednesday night or something. I think it broke. Um, and uh, that Gap were, I mean, they were looking like they were shutting a number of their stores and then they announced they were shutting all of their sort of yeah. certainly their European stores and going online. Um and so let's let's get into it together. But before we do that, I'll just the selection of tweets. Um I love these tweets. They're all fantastic. So from Dems, how can Gap be closing their stores before before I have a child? <laughs> fantastic. Um Bill Lenane, Lenan, sorry if I got the pronunciation wrong. Gutted to be honest. Love the plan, love the blandness of their clothes. Great for people like me who just want to be comfortable as they wait for death. <laughs> I mean, that's, mm. that's everything I wanted from the gap, to be fair. Um, I mean, was there another one? I know they were sort of probably the best two, actually. And there was another guy as well. Let's see if I can retrieve it from our main. Uh, actually, this is quite a beautiful tweet. So if I can retrieve it from our main list, it will require some scrolling. Um, it's a lovely advertising um, ad company story. There's some great tweets on here, but I could get very easily distracted. Uh, let's have a look. This is where this is where it goes slightly less. Look at that, Haribo. It's slightly less slick at this point where we have to find the rogue tweet that I didn't like. Bill Dems. There we go. Don Wilshire. News of Gap closing all their stores jolts back a memory from the naughties when the agency I was pitching uh, when the agency I was at were pitching for the Gap account, and so bought all the pitch team Gap clothes and did a fashion show shoot so that uh actually i'm not sure why agency is gonna agency and yeah. it's like yeah what you're selling it's like selling coals to newcastle i think is the phrase yeah uh, I, I don't quite know what that was about but I, i've got to say i was mortified um it's so it's sort of historically a big chunk i like to go to a shop where i can buy plain clothes like the t-shirt i'm wearing where blue black t-shirt and I just like good quality plain colours and Gap was perfect for that. It's, um, I'm just going to put this lamp on. Um, yeah, it's what I think is interesting. I knew that Gap was on its, was on, you know, quite far. I knew about 10, 15 years ago because I grew up in Canterbury and Gap couldn't afford to keep their store open in Canterbury. And Canterbury is the most Gap heavy, yeah. Gap centric crowd uh to be uh, i think the landlord of the property that they rented was the cathedral and the cathedral just like it's just it certainly like, a cathedral us... to me when i went in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that is writing on the wall stuff isn't it yeah. yeah and um but one of my childhood memories is going into gap when i was like 12 so a bit old enough to like do some shopping and dressing and the changing rooms in the gap in canterbury had like they had like it was like are they called what they called the they're like blinds yeah so you sort of like see oh, the saloon the, door the saloon door ones saloon doors, the, but they're uh, face yeah. and i was like why do they face down like 
Um, Slatting, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like anyone, yeah, they should. It's just such an odd thing because like little kids would like look up at you getting dressed, and <laughs> I mean, I thought, why do they face down? Because little kids, and now I'm an adult, and I've just heard that out loud. I was like, oh, would they face the other way? creepy people would just as creepy adults could just look down in them um, and it wasn't as if they were adjust- adjustable no they weren't adjustable it's yeah. just like yeah no, no, that's um, right that is i remember i totally remember that yeah you think this I, is a part in their downfall but probably it might be um it oh is that what they're called louvres louvres yes he's on uh, fire tonight martin i would wonder whether it was a deterrent for thieves that you felt like you're being watched or maybe it was a selling point. Like some people like to dress like they're a child, <laughs> a small infant could. No, that, that sounds much more menacing well, than actually. It's, but it's the saloon doors. It, I don't know if there's, I'm actually a lot of their kids' clothes were quite checkered and, and count. As much as I love the, the playing range, if you didn't get any in the, anything in their plain colour range, they, they would obviously go to the total extreme. And a, a lot of their clothes, you wouldn't have looked out of place at a hoedown in, um, yeah. you know. I mean, there's a uh, there's an episode in Friends where um, there's someone dressed for Halloween in a sort of kind of Gap cowboy costume, um, essentially. But so yeah. there was quite a lot of that going on. But yeah, yeah, they never really changed. I they just sort of sold the same thing since they. I know. And I love that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's good. Also, I I remember actually seeing a tweet where someone on Boxing Day said that someone had managed to return a Gap shirt with a label in it, um, but it hadn't been sold since like 1998. I remember seeing that one year um, and it really made me laugh. The fact is that someone could return a, t- a shirt, a pla- like a played shirt Amazing. to Gap and it didn't, no one noticing that it was that, like until some, like the manager ran it through the system, worked out, oh, it's actually from 1998. <laughs> You just don't get that online, kids. Do you no, know what I mean? No. You just don't get it. Oh God. Well, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I went past the gap that one of the gap stores nearest me. I didn't even know it existed until sort of the um, pandemic. It was one of the places that I would go to. It, when it opened, it was such a novelty to be able to sort of buy clothes at one stage in the pandemic, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just went in today to sort of literally just say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's it's online. It still exists. It still exists, but um, but it's a, it's a sad lot. But gap also gap the gap sizes are so like. I I the amount of times I've gone into Gap and picked up, well actually it's not that many, but any time I've gone to Gap and I'm like I'm going to try this on, I try it on in one size, one item in one size and it'll be huge, and another item in another size and be tight. Like Gap is a kind of shop that does not have consistent sizing. You do need to have the physical. Yeah, well, that, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, oh, why I oughta. Um, so, anyway, moving, moving on from that range. So, we're, I don't want to run over too much, but let's just, um, I mean, obviously, there are about a squiz billion tweets about the football, um, really. So, I don't even know. I love the fact that Matt Bianco was trending because of uh, the Ukrainian player. Uh, Matt Bianco. Uh, again, <laughs> something else that will really age me is a love of Matt Bianco. And I know a lot of people were checking out their albums and uh, yeah, it's great, happy, bossa nova-y stuff. Um, but I'll just whiz through a couple. I mean, I think some of these definitely deserve an honourable mention. Alex Keeley, who we've had on the show, uh, this was about half time, I think. Sad that sad that Ukraine, the country of Gogol, cannot go goal in this football match. <laughs> and he got obviously quite a lot of stick for this terrible pun, but 
um, and also I think he might have had to go in, into hiding had the Ukraine actually won. Yeah. But, you know, did you watch, have you, have you been at all impacted by Euro 20 slash 20 21? Do you know what? I, because my flatmates haven't been into it. I, I know that I would really get into the football if I did, but um, my flatmates haven't been watching it and I, I'm like, I'm not going to watch it on my own. Um, so I haven't actually, but do you know what? I'm probably going to watch the semi-final and get really into it and then get really like pissed off when England lose as if like, I've spent my whole life waiting for this moment. Um, what do you mean, Lewis? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I can imagine England winning the Euros and it's like, that's not really as impressive as winning. Not winning, but I could imagine they could get to the finals of the Euros and then just being like, yeah, but it's it's only the Euros, isn't it? It's not the World Cup. I don't know whether I should say I, I, that out loud. I mean, but... it's coming home was penned for the 1996 Euros. It was actually given birth. Oh, really? I thought it was a World Cup. No, I, I'm, I'm, people will shoot me down if I'm wrong. Um, yeah. David Badil, get in touch. We want the on show. Um, well, and Frank, obviously. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, ni- Euro 96. Um, and there's a classic shot of the two of them standing after the Germany game, um, sort of obviously disconsolate after losing on penalties. Um, oh, obviously that's the Gareth Southgate miss. So this whole thing, it does feel about, so sort of, sort of heavy warning of like not predicting a victory but there are elements it's really interesting so both the semi-finals that are at Wembley and the finals at Wembley having yeah. having all the games having been strewn as far as as a I know it's absolutely what um the I mean you know they haven't conceded a goal and but you know that's the more you advance the more pressure there is um and and people are really conscious of any bad omens so actually of the three tweets showing in this window it's that Al Barry's tweet appealing to ITV to do the decent thing and hand Wednesday's game over to the BBC, as otherwise they'll be entirely responsible for us to getting knocked out in the semis again. Because I think, certainly, I think it was Italian 90, uh, 30, 30 years of hurt, of course, 1966. Yeah. Uh, it's like having a right-hand man with Martin. Um, it, yeah, so there you go. There's, there's proof of that. But um, so that's that's the kind of, I think it was um, 1990 when it was the ITV commentary um and brian the late brian moore the fantastic late great i loved him brian moore with kevin keegan and he asked kevin keegan whether david batty was going to score the penalty and uh, it was it was all the way sort of worded it just seemed to foreshadow this sort of terrible event um so there's obviously a lot of superstition around it so i don't really want to fall foul of uh, of being too confident that it might be an england italy final that's where I put my bet. I feel. I feel like I would think that Britain could make the final if nothing else, because all the other teams are like, "Ah, oh, London's got too much of the Delta variant. Let's 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 not risk it." But um, but no. Uh, I do think that. Also, I think that there's something to be said that, like, when you are playing matches on home turf, like yeah, you generally but, do better, yeah. don't you? Right. Certainly, France '98 didn't quite happen for Portugal. In previous Euros, if that's yeah, that's correct. And then, um, but yeah, you're right. It, I think it does give a boost. Um, and there's a lovely choice. And I, I've got to say that in terms of it's coming home, you, there are so many people who want to sort of make jokes now about this sort of staple that's gone into the vernacular. But Ivo Graham, again during last night's game or after last night's game, uh, basically it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's there. The perfect gorilla slash Sean Ryder moment. So that's my favourite so far, I think. It's a good, yeah, it's a good tweet. 
Um, did you want to pick up on, you, know, you mentioned the, before we go, did you want to do the um, crazy, crazy, crazy um, Eye of Sauron as it's been? Oh, yeah. So the, uh, the I, oh, yeah, go. the Gulf of Mexico, the sea is on fire. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I studied abroad in Mississippi and I went to the coast Biloxi to visit, like with a friend. And there were, this was, so this was 10 years ago and there was still oil from the oil spill that I think had happened like five, three, three years before that on the coast. Uh, yeah. And there were still houses that were flat from Hurricane Katrina. And this was like the richest part of Mississippi. Um, and so I, I don't know whether there's like, it's what's, what's, <laughs> what's going to happen to Biloxi with this fire, but yeah, that's a bleak moment, but it's absolutely like, like what is that like uh, uh yeah, yeah. um and, well i mean the two tweets i mean there's tons of tweets so matthew i mean usually i didn't put matt heightens uh, in i don't know why but he was basically i think it's the eye of sauron joke that he did yeah. and then um so cad march gareth's account is basically got the spill or the pipeline rupture as my hangover uh, and then the boats <laughs> sort of uh, trying to sort of put it out, uncontrollable crying, toast, and ibuprofen. And actually, there there is a real resonance of the um, the situation is a is a teeny bit like the evergreen in the sense that there's this huge, massive thing going on, and then these tiny little things like the crane trying to actually extricate the problem. So there's a real sense of sort of hopelessness, really. And also, it's like how how can like why is the sea like why is it still you're like if anything should be not be able to burn that long it should be the it's sea it's the saturation isn't it i see yeah. satu- you know and i did really like i mean it's not the comedy it's the anti-meme uh erasure it says karina basically saying did i do this right so obviously using the same picture uh but she's got the um we're now gonna have to keep calling it the eye of sauron but it's got the, the fire as climate disaster as a result of unfettered capitalism and then around it recycling turning off your ac your air conditioning and no plastic straws and i i did find that sort of quite resonant because when you sometimes you feel you've got to make these contributions but sometimes they feel quite piddly yeah especially when you know where some of the recycling ends up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now there's, a, I mean, I saw on Twitter this week that, that, that my, like recycling is ending up being put in, in Turkey, just being burnt in Turkey. And I was like, may I wash all my, all my, using all that water. Yeah. I did, I, I'm really rigorous with my recycling, but yeah, I am. Um, it's, it's like, it's like, I think I have to be like my grandma. She's like, the only way that you can be mentally okay in this world is uh, by just being apathetic to all but one issue and like just focus on that. And I think for my mental well-being, it cannot be the sea on fire because I, yeah. uh, I have no way of knowing how to <laughs> navigate that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I think if climate change is clearly is what's going to steer, poly- whether we like it or not, it's going to be what steers policy uh, in in the sort of decades to come. I mean, the the split on this was very well illustrated by the front page. I think of the Observer and the was it the, the Friday Times and the, the Friday Guardian, which was basically, you know, pe- people pacing fe- petrol rises, rises yeah. petrol, or versus the sort of climate catastrophe. And I know there's a trade off. You can't just reset everybody's lives to to zero. Yeah. Of course, it's difficult. I understand that, but. 
it's it's the defining it's the defining issue I, I am um, what I thought was very fascinating is that when that ship that when the sea set on fire the I saw and appeared suddenly I saw promoter tweets from Glencore you know the 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 people and they were like we're we've been harvesting all these minerals that are more sustainable than for batteries or something and I was like are they is their PR team or marketing team suddenly like shit we can sell this um this is great promote 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 um uh but of course Glencore have got very bad history of using like child labor and stuff to do their mining so yeah and, there's been, and there was a weird thing this week about so i think it's bbc bite size doing a oh yes a, doing a pro <laughs> the pros and cons of, of of global warming i mean it, you know i mean i suppose if you you can if you can suggest these things with scientific basis but they have to they have to come with a i, I assume they came with a fairly heavy disclaimer but so, yeah. well, the pros and cons are each other's disclaimers but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand know. if they did it like the reasons people don't do and don't believe in climate change. That's like something that we studied in school, like why some people don't believe in climate yeah. change. But to actually be like, oh, there are some advantages to people in the like mass death. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Well, anyway, listen, um, so before you sort of uh, it's very I love the you're very poetically kind of uh, it's like the kind of e the setting sun in, in terms of your, <laughs> I know uh, I feel really great. awkward it's, that's good. Uh... No, it's fine um but um what are you what are you up to basically plug plug away uh so I am I'm actually I'm seeing a gig tomorrow um it's a beautiful lineup it's at aces and eights in Tufnell Park oh, wow, cool. um a brilliant lineup uh it is called bad bitches comedy it's not my night but um uh, there's always a good lineup, but I'm emptying it tomorrow. Um, I've also got, I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram at Diary of a Maddie. And yes. I, I've spelled M-A-D-D-A. Diary of a Maddie everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, and it's it's not what I'd choose my username to be, but here we it's are. It's consistent over all um, over all sort of media, yeah. which is I think it's quite good. Yeah, yeah there you are on the, on the screen now. Um. Uh, and what else have I got to promote? Um, I should probably, there probably is something else. Let me just double check my diary. Um, I'll do. I'll which, just this is how pro- professional I am. That's fine. You check, Joe. I'll just flag up so Martin here. I had two draft tweets ready for an England defeat, which I sadly couldn't use. Roman horror day. And why does it always Ukraine <laughs> on me? Uh, well, there we go. We, fortunately, we didn't have to use those, but they are very good. Um, do you know so, what? Go on. I ca- it can't, can't find out the other stuff right now. but you know Not, what i i list my stuff on my website and maybe no, no. maybe i'll just promote bts you know or <laughs> korean dramas yes maybe no fair know. enough um and we'll always well, we'll definitely tweet out stuff as well so i will do the i'll do the sort of closing uh with our little sort of plugs well hang hang back and we'll have a chat in the green yeah. room um yeah basically um obviously please do follow maddie at diary of a maddie and follow us at LKT Zoom. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can. You can go to the Buy Me A Coffee website and find the Let's Kill Twitter section and make donations there. Um, that should be easy to do, but in a very high-tech way, I'll just lean out of the way to uh, show you. There you go. Let's uh, buymeacoffee.com, hashtag uh, forward slash Let's Kill Twitter. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, so, yes, next week um, is the final of the the euros so i i've decided that we're actually gonna have a 
the first break that we've had in a long time. That's not to presuppose uh, the aforementioned Italy-England final, but it might, it might be um, if you're a betting man. Uh, it's basically, there's going to be a lot of interest, obviously, in whoever's in the Euros. Um, so I think it's probably good to give that. And I think it's Wimbledon finals day for, for the men as well, is it Sunday? Yes. So there's a lot going on next Sunday, in fairness. Uh, so we will skip a week and uh, we will let you know who is next, which will be Sunday, July the 18th, no less. So, yeah, I mean, that's it, really. It's been amazing. It's been packed, uh, packed with goodies. I have to say. Um, so thanks very much, Maddie. And um, thank you for we having me. catch up after the show. I was just uh, a wave goodbye to the streamers. Thanks. Oh, I know there were people joining us from Eventbrite, the Eventbrite link as well, which is brilliant. So however you joined, thanks very much for watching. See you later. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.